Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to episode 141 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording, not live, it's a podcast. It's on-demand listening, but you can do your on-demand listening as we're sitting at Alliance Park in Amesbury, Massachusetts. It turned out to be a really good day. Uh, earlier, it was dreary, black, rainy from last night's storms, which was pretty cool. But uh, boats are out, people are out, the park is full, busy, but we're here doing a a podcast so got 46 days to go until the puck drops on the 2019-20 season and I'm really excited about that but we got some topics to go through until then we're going to grind away every week bringing you Bruins talk no matter what if you like it if you don't I don't care we're still going to do it so yeah. I have two great people good friends with me today returning to the ring returning to the ice rink Heather Ingerson, welcome back after a week hiatus. Hello, Black and Gold listeners. I'm happy to be back. It is a beautiful day. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I uh, missed you last week, but that's okay. It's, it's, it is what it is. I did a solo one. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very bad. <laughs> it was either, great. So, yeah. I, it was great. <laughs> I listened to it. <laughs> and coming in hot is new guest, Cody Trotty. Cody. I've known Cody for a long time. Played hockey together uh, on the ponds. Never in the rinks, but uh, hopefully that changes. It but will. Cody, welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Say Podcast. Say least, I played against you in the rinks Tuesday nights when we used to rent the rink in Newburyport. Oh, that's right. That's right. We I'm used sorry. to rent the rink in Newburyport. I forget uh, It things. doesn't matter. But <laughs> I yes, I things. played against you on roller hockey rinks up in Hampton. Yes, And that's then right. also in Newburyport, and I'm more than glad to be here. And awesome. thank you for the fucking invitation. Awesome. Sorry no, for swearing. That's all right, man. This is an explicit podcast. It, it, it just don't make it a habit, nope. but if you have to drop it, it drops. But anyway, big announcement right now. Huge announcement. These two fine people will be the new co-hosts 
of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and I'm so happy for them to join this team as we do more recordings. And the interaction, I think, is going to be important instead of doing the online thing because I'm just really tired of, of the negative feedback I get sometimes. But also, I like to see what's going on and, and have people in the room and get a feeling of what's going, you know, how they're doing, how they're reacting, and so on. So more in-house recordings are going to happen. I'm, I'm pending, I'm, I'm not pending, but we're looking for a new house. We're looking for a new place to put studio and office for the Black and Gold Hockey Productions. So that's in the works. But until then, we're going to do lovely episodes like this out in this, this awesome river, uh, the Merrimack River in Ames River, Massachusetts. So we do have some topics to get to. Uh, we got about six or seven of them that I kind of, we uh, worked as a team and uh, put together. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, per writer Alex Thomas at the BostonHockey.com website wrote that there's a report that the Bruins have signed 27-year-old defenseman Alex Petrovich to a PTO in 263 career NHL games, mostly with the Florida Panthers, uh, has five goals, 45 assists, and I wrote 19. My math is so terrible. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the potential. This is just a report right now. There's nothing official that's been said. So the addition of this guy on a PTO, obviously you're going to come in on, uh, at preseason, and be um, a depth guy that's going to, is obviously looking for a contract. But um, any, any, any feelings on, on this being an insurance policy? I think that it's a signal that, you know, there's a lot of rumors about, we obviously have to move something in order to sign McAvoy and Carlo. And I think this is kind of an insurance policy on if we move Miller or John Moore as an insurance, there are insurance policies, you know to replace that. I mean, there's a, a lot, of, I've heard it on a, many places about them checking this kid out, having, you know, and seems to be like he'd be a good depth player to maybe replace a piece if we have to lose something on the back end to sign the young defenseman. So, I mean, good things I've heard. Cody, what do you think? I'm, honestly, I'm happy to hear this. It kind of gives those younger guys more of a um, ambition to work harder during this off season because Everything I've seen from him, he works hard. He's a good player, and, I mean, 45 assists, That's as a defenseman, that's pretty hard to get. Yeah, that's career numbers, too. Exactly. You know, he's been with the Florida Panthers for a number of years. Two, and, two or three years. So and, well, full seasons, yeah. And then um, he played nine games with the Edmonton Oilers uh, last year, so I think that was that trade deadline thing. But, um, no, I mean, for me, it's like what you said. It's... It's that internal competition that's probably going to go on. I mean, this guy is definitely going to push. I mean, to me, he plays three different areas. Yes. He yeah. plays uh, the internal competition, um, coverage for either Miller or Moore, and insurance policy if if um, Carlo and McAvoy don't sign. It, it's I, a, I mean, if they don't, if they hold out till December, yeah. whatever. It's, it's cheap money for yep. to have a guy that's and it's this talented. It. PTOs are well under a million dollars. I mean, it's not even close to a million dollars. So it's just it gives it gives an opportunity for the player to come in, try out for a contract, make a little bit of money. It's not crazy, but you know, you put your skills out there to be seen. So um, it's not a bad thing. Uh, there's a lot of people that seem to think that. He was brought in on the basis of signing for, you know, a year. Uh, and why are we doing this uh, when we haven't signed Carlo and McAvoy? So 
The weird thing about this is, is, is the, differ the difference between PTOs and full NHL contracts have to be understood that you, you're not signed. You're just here on a trial. So, folks, please understand that. Don't shoot from the hip. You know, I mean, it is what it is. But Why not have someone try out for that cheap of money and yeah. try to make an influence on your young player? Bruce Cassidy, Don Sweeney have all, all mentioned that the internal competition this time of year leading up to training camp is, is huge. It's absolutely huge. So you, you're pushing the younger players. If you want that spot, you're going to work for it. Zach Senishin, on the right side, is going to get a look. Is he going to secure the job? I don't know. I don't think so. But, but guess what? He, the effort he puts in now will secure him that spot for a call-up. Yeah. yeah I have, I have emergency call-ups? Absolutely. There's a list of, of, of those that I could go through that, uh, that take priority. You know what I mean? So I was going to say, we talk a lot about, um, like, well, at least for me, like, not that I'm against young players, but there's a reason you haven't made it up yet. Or, you know, and we talked about, you know, Chara's basically back for a transition year because we're not quite ready to pull the young kids up all the way yet and things like that. So this is good because this is kind of a seasoned guy that's that middle of the road can help with that transition. So like a one-year contract as in a, the seventh guy or whatever, how it shakes out, if that happens, I think is really good, especially given the fact we don't know when we're going to see Carlo or McElvoy. So mm -hmm. I trust someone who gives me 45, you know, kind of. I mean, I know that's career, but still, that's not a very long career. I mean, that's still a pretty solid in this day and age, you know. He adds an element of toughness too, by the way. All right, so moving on to the next, it's kind of like a segue, but uh, bostonhockeynow.com, finally got that right, uh, beat writer Jimmy Murphy has heard through league sources that the Bruins have had discussions either on a one-year contract on a, or a professional tryout agreement with Hingham, Massachusetts native Brian Boyle. Any interest in that, um, or is it just one of those things that they're just going through, like PO, PTO conversations right now leading up to training camp, Heather? I would think it's probably more that they're kind of shifting through, trying to see what could happen, you know, given the situation that the Bruins are kind of in all around. Uh, I personally would probably pursue the other option that we just discussed. Uh, nothing against Brian Boyle, but I just feel like where we're at, if we're trying to get younger and things like that, it even... The experience to me doesn't offset it. That kind of puts us back in the we don't have enough of those in between the two young and two old guys. So right. that's just my thought. But so, I also don't think that's a horrible idea. So I mean, let me let me crazy. let me tail onto that question to you, and then Cody will move on to you on a double question if you oh, can handle okay. it. First episode, double <laughs> picking questions. All right. So a lot of folks are saying that if we had a Brian Boyle type, I'm not saying a Brian Boyle, but a guy that's big can throw his body around and get under people's skin, they could have won a Stanley Cup. Do you buy into that at all? Well, see, this is hard because you know me, so you know I do think yeah, we need my, a little bit I of... Guess, I can ask a question. I know. It's like... <laughs> and no, but even yeah, just we've discussed it a little bit, so I guess some of your listeners, if they're still listening <laughs> to us right now, uh, they know I do... I don't think that... I do think the era of the goon's gone, but I... I'm a girl that likes a good, tough stand-up defenseman. Like, even when we were watching the Blues take the cup from us, I could not be like, God damn, their defense is sexy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I do think the Bruins, especially since we have kind of the older players, we have some little defensemen and down 
you know, in the minors, we're waiting for the kids to be ready to come up or a spot or whatever. I definitely think a good middle run kind of just stand-up defenseman would. I don't think it would have won us the Stanley Cup necessary, necessarily because I don't think the defense lost us the Stanley Cup. But uh, overall, I do think that we could. We talked about this. We need a little more size and hitting. Right. Going on, Cody. Um, the, the the question to you is: Do we need a type of player like Brian Boyle? And did we lose that series because we didn't have that type of player? My whole thing was to say, I kind of get what Cody's saying, though, is that we, like the full, I don't think it was defense was the problem in that last series. I don't no. feel like defense didn't do their job defensively. Our forwards weren't doing enough on trying to control the neutral zone and stuff. And that was the size and what, there was a whole lot of elements that were making it a kind of a crap show near the yep. end. But like, I agree that I think we need more size on our forwards, too, because as we've got this is everybody. As you get younger and quicker, right, you kind of get smaller and less. And you could see that. Like, the, uh, let's face it, we're a team. We're kind of like the Patriots, right? They're a fourth-quarter team. That's where their bread and butter is. That's where they win games. We're a special teams kind of team. You know, that's where our bread and butter is. And when we weren't on the power play or, and things like that, you could see the weakness in just – not in all the forwards, and it's not a general thing, but it kind of fell apart having that strength to before they're even in your zone, stopping them in the neutral zone. We didn't have our, like I always joke, the PJ Axelsons of the world to kind of scoop the puck. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they had played that way earlier in the series, in the, you know, in the playoffs. So I don't really know what fell apart, but I do think the size and speed, whether it's on offense or defense, we need bigger people who are also still fast and not kind of like lanky and absolutely. Cody, you got anything to add before we wrap that question up? No, You're good? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking more into him, but no. Um, I'll just do a quick ad read time. Why not? We'll get this out of the way now because these are great people and they deserve to be discussed. But baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. During the upcoming Boston Red Sox week, I'll be watching and placing some wagers on the action this week against the Philadelphia Phillies, Kansas City Royals, and the San Diego Padres. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and a CLNS Media Sports content fan, we are giving you a 50% bonus on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for first ever deposits, and the best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember, a minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules and additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Do not sit on the sidelines during your favorite sports season. Get in all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. I think that was my best ad read. I think it, it was. was. Good job. Definitely. Mark's our biz. I'm very, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm the biz nasty so of this. Uh, when you were talking about, he was the one, the older one that played for BC, right, Brian? Brian, yeah. I don't know. And he I, played for the range, and now I think he's out I'm not, I, now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he probably retired. If not, he's probably over in Europe or something like that, but... Um, yeah. Hey, a lanky player would not be bad for to anything. I mean, whatever helps the organization get through these the and 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 dispute the narrative of 
we need to get tougher and this and that. I mean, <laughs> we don't. I get the physicality, but we don't need the you know the ranging tough guy. We don't need the John what? Scott. The you, know, you know what I liked in? I can't. I liked Lujic because when he worked with Krejci, he didn't play that. Right. Four, and his first four years were awesome. His last four, it was like the, the coaching staff told him to tone it down. But, That's when but, I was like, I don't like Luch anymore. Let's get rid of him. That's all. Yeah. I, think, I think the problem is with the word toughness. Like, there's yeah. a lot of yeah, toughness. There's, there's mental toughness. There's physical toughness. Like, you can be 16. stand up and be tough right. without being like, like I said, you know, I rewatched the Rush, I watched the Russian Five again, and I'm, it just reminded me of how much I hate Claude Lemieux, like in just that yeah. style of like intent to injure douchebag right. kind of player or whatever. Uh, but you can be tough and not be a total scumbag. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like hockey's a tough sport. It should be a tough sport. Like, you know, I mean, That's even if I you learned. watch like squirts, like they know how to protect their bodies and themselves and like pushing and shoving. Like I remember when my kids started to play Bantam and they were like worried about checking because it's their first year to check. And I go, but you're already kind of doing that already. It'll be different, and you'll have to learn. But, like, it's not just about being – it's about keeping that puck, fighting for the puck. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that, that uh, giving up just stupid things that you could have if you just put a little bit more whatever in it. And it's not like a judgment thing on people. I mean, I'm, I'm not out there. I'm certainly not getting paid to do your job. But I just – I mean, I'm, everyone says toughness. Like, there is an in-between between, like, the goons of yore and, like – no one touching anyone or yes. breathing on each other, even though they're grown men who play a physical sport and all signed on board for it, you know? Like, that's just for me. So, like, you need to find that balance. And it's been swinging one way for a while, and now it's kind of come into the middle between the old and the new, and it's settling down. So, like, now's not the time to not train kids to stand up for themselves. Like, you don't have to be a fucking moron that's swinging your fist all the time. Yeah. But there's a time and a place where you stand up for your teammate and you stand up for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes, just like any other bully, if you punch somebody square in the skull or back elbow, you might get two minutes, but they might get off your back. That's, yeah. why, that's why I'm one of the biggest proponents of uh, prospects when they are ready to come into, transition into the minor pro game they should see a little bit of time in the East Coast League. Like, hey, to be honest, you know I mean? one of my best friends, I mean, say the least, he passed away before his senior year in high school, but he was, whenever I was a forward in high school and I played against him, he was the most pessimistic guy I played against. Putting the stick in the back of your spine, doing the little things, the subtle things, the th you didn't want to be in front of the net when he was out on the ice. Right. Because he made sure that he moved you away from the net. Yep. Absolutely. I remember you said to my son when it was first year Bantam, you go, you don't even have to check. You just got to let them know they're there. You're yeah. there. You put your hand on the back of their number. You don't give them breathing room. No. Like you. So if you're not ready to throw go your body in there, around, a frame them, you can still, just, right. That's it. Just, and because that was something you were already strong feet, at. You've been doing it. When you're taught yeah. a squirt or even a mite, yeah. it's, the, the goalie, you, and then the offensive player. There's no reason why it's you and an offensive player in between you and the goalie. There should never be an offensive player between you and the goalie. Um, and that kicked our ass, frankly, yeah. at the end of the season. Speaking of the, um, my, my particular fondness for putting a player... Uh, down the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, I want to segue right into the next um, 
topic, which is the Boston Bruins renew the affiliation agreement with the East Coast Hockey League Atlantic Gladiators to stay under the NHL Bruins umbrella for the 2019-20 season. This upcoming season will be the fifth year the two franchises have worked together. Now, this is only a one-year deal. Now, since 2015, they have done two-year agreements. Now, this now the reason why it is news that they're going to be affiliated with the Boston Bruins again, which is good. They, they seem to have a really good um, agreement. I mean, they, they, they work well together. So, and, the, and the weird thing is, is Atlanta didn't see a lot of Bruins prospects. Um, now, the difference between the East Coast League and the AHL and the NHL is contracts. Contracts are done by the week in the East Coast League. In the higher leagues above, they're done by the year in, in, the, in the term. So there's not a lot of prospects down there. And, the, and the, the people, players that are on those rosters in the East Coast Hockey League are not considered Bruins prospects. So last season, they had uh, Juno Kompainen and uh, Jesse Gabriel. Um, they were down there for, I think, about maybe five to six games, and then they were gone. By November, they were gone, and there was no other Bruins prospect down there. So um, the one-year agreement makes me very um, um, inquisitive, if that's a, if that's a word. I, I hate using big words because I'm not good at it. But one year gives time for something else to happen, like a shift up north, a shift to get your, your players and the need to be a feeder system to the American Hockey League Providence Bruins closer. Manchester, Manchester Monarchs have ceased operations. So the SNHU Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire on Elm Street is basically free and open. So my thing is, I think if they signed for one year while Manchester ceased their operations and the SNHU could be the next home for the Boston Bruins East Coast Premier AA Minor Pro Affiliate. Now, my question to the panel is would, have, would an East Coast team that has Bruins ties draw? Because the East Coast Hockey League as the Manchester Monarchs that were tied to the Los Angeles Kings in years prior did not draw. They said that they were bringing in 2,500 fans I went to many games. I streamed many games online. They were lucky to bring in 200. So, let's hear it. Let's go to Heather. We'll do the left and right thing. Heather? I think that you... It's probably easier, say, if you had a Bruins affiliate up there than the Kings affiliate, just because the nature of it's New England and you're bought into the Bruins or whatever. Um, I... Don't know necessarily if the one year means they're not going to stay there, but there really kind of is no. I don't want to pull all hockey that might draw anything out of like Atlanta, like if the ideas were growing the game in places. Obviously, like that that was created in in the beginning. It was created for the Thrashers that did not, you know. What did they last like five seasons? I don't know, six yeah, seasons not, maybe. Not they long. were gone. Good God. After um, Savad lot, lot oh my God, pretty I much uh, folded. Yeah, I know. Like he, <laughs> you gotta love him. No, but they had some good play. Like they had a good draft for them because they had them. They had Kovalchuk. They had like a bunch of people. They just, 
I watched them build that stadium down there and it wasn't hockey. They're basketball, baseball people. It's the South. You got to grow it first. So maybe it would have been better to have the ECHL kind of affiliate first and grow it as you grow. I mean, not that there isn't a hockey. Obviously, the Flames used to be in Atlanta, but um, I do think it would draw better if it was a Bruins affiliate, though. And there are other options, not even just the SNU for the like. There are other places that there were well, junior team or whatever that there are Portland, places Maine to play. Right. plays a, a role here, even though they're... they they stopped doing their. No, they're affiliated with the New York Rangers, Rangers right now. Yeah. Still okay. Right. Yes, I know. I know they, they started. Lose their team, they started they... last season as their first year in the back in the, well, as pro hockey returns to Portland, Maine. That's because I knew it kind of separated from them a little bit. Well, and the they... Portland Pirates, they they kind of flew the coop. So yep. And it was the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes or whatever you want to say affiliate, and uh, they had a five year lease on the. Uh, Cumberland County Civic Center, I think it's yep. still called that, and they backed out of it, so. I do have to say, too, I think it's good, though, just to keep the depth. I mean, look at, I mean, you want to look at Jordan Bennington. He had to go down to the ECH because St. Louis didn't have the depth and farm system. Right. So even if that's not depth-wise, we have a lot of prospects there. It's, if they're closer to Providence and Boston, there's going to give a lot of people opportunities. Like you said, they don't have, like, real contracts. It's not like if yeah. you sign in the, you well, know, AHL. But to get more looks of those, because we've talked about this, that, like, the draft and all these, and I know now everybody's trying to sign 14-year-olds, which I just, you know, like, whatever. Like, it's yeah. getting younger and younger that we feel the need, which I don't think until someone's grown and at least plays a year of, like, real juniors or college or something, you can see, like, as they grow into their bodies what they're going to be. But I think it's a good opportunity, too, just to have, let's face it, the Bruins love New England prospects. And we produce a lot of good prospects. They should, you know. Yeah. But that could give a chance for those people who don't get drafted or don't or are waiting for a PTO or something that they can still get a look. So yeah, and what technically it's professional hockey, too. It looks good on your resume. Right. My thing about the, uh, the potential of coming up uh, north, I mean, you got, you got uh, Manchester, Portland. Lowell plays a, uh, an interesting Huge. role. But the thing with Lowell is... They are owned and operated by, I think it's the Songus Arena. Yes. They are owned and operi- operated by the U- uh, University of Massachusetts Lowell uh, hockey team, the Riverhawks. So, and they, NCAA predominantly runs on a weekend schedule. So, and, the, and so do the minor pros. The minor pros run on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule. So, it could be some conflict there. I mean, things could definitely be worked out, but it remains to be seen. Um, another thing that remains to be seen is, is, I don't know where I'm going with that, but go ahead. I was just going to say that actually it might create a better situation oh, because I got it. I get like, uh, like, let's face it, we're definitely a hockey's kind of play, got, you know, we live in the heart of it that like, there's a lot of back-to-back games though with the college cause they play on the weekend. So if Merrimack college is playing at UMass Lowell on Friday, then you have the Saturday game be. Because usually the ho- uh, college hockey is usually Friday, Saturday, and the Providence Bruins are usually Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Sunday yeah. So you could adjust it so, like, when there's the back-to-back UMass Lowell versus BU, you just play the Gladiators or whatever, we'll just say, because that's who they are currently. You just play them while Lowell is in Boston for the night, you know, in Arlington down there playing, and then you switch it out or whatever. I think you could actually work it a little better, and it gives the... Let's face it, those arenas like the Songus, they have a lot of concerts up there, but yep. they're there for the hockey teams huge, because man. they're huge. And the 
the Jersey Devils affiliate when they were in Lowell, they used to draw. Those were fun games to go to, kind of like the Manchester Monarchs were. You know, like if you really wanted to go and just kind of have a fun hockey atmosphere and day, you know, that's affordable. Because let's face it, a lot of people love hockey, but they can't afford to go to the Bees or drive to Providence or whatever. It might give another option closer to northern New Englanders. Cody, you got any thoughts? I really hope that their affiliates could be somewhere closer to us, yeah. like Manchester or even Lowell. Because growing up, even Lowell, I, I know the Eisermans and out of Newburyport, a forward and defenseman, a uh, forward and a goalie, both played for the ECHL. And it would benefit. Didn't one of them go to UMaine? Yes, yeah. and then they went back. It's they. It would benefit a lot of more local players for us sure. to have a team that much closer. Yeah. But also, it's scouting purposes. Absolutely. It's you know what? I grew up going to the Manchester Monarch games all the time. Former season ticket holder. Here. Twenty-five dollars, fifty dollars. You get five tickets, yeah. and you're sitting down on the lodge seats watching very good for the ice, family. Ice level. And it's good freaking hockey. It yep. sucked that it was an L.A. affiliate and you didn't watch your prospects coming up from Boston. Right. I never really got down to Providence to see them grow right. our prospects, but it would be really nice for a Boston team to have something a little bit closer. We should go some time down to Providence to watch a game. Definitely. Uh, just to, uh, quickly before we take a commercial break, uh, I want to add about the East Coast Hockey League. Um, Oh, I lost it again. Oh, um, the contracts. When you, Heather, you were talking about contracts. I would like to see the max NHL contracts go from 50 to 60. Now, that reasoning is there's a lot of college hockey players around here, and the Bruins seem to go navigate to them. Um, you know, you know Lachari's, and you, we, we all know the freaking people, the, the players that played college hockey here that are on this Bruins team currently. So that might be an option if you increase those minor pro contracts that that a, an NHL franchise can have by 10, you can add those potential prospects to an East Coast Hockey League roster. My idea is to make it more the the development system in each in each um, NHL organization replicate the Major League Baseball minor pro system and 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 heavily um, uh, bring people up. You know what I mean? If you're seeing a kid down at the lower level, bring him up another level. If he's still doing good, just let them rise until he can get up there and get an NHL contract or a game or two. We're going to take a quick break. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world.
Hey Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. After a short break, we are back to talk some Bruins during the offseason, the dog days of the offseason. But there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We are a David Krejci away from puck stop, puck drop. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, going back to the topics that we have, um, I wanted to touch on uh, the Boston Bruins head coach, Bruce Cassidy, uh, will be the bench boss for the 1920 season. But um, he is under his last year of his contract. And I kind of put out a poll on Twitter uh, mentioning something about this um, and what he could get. Now, Mike Babcock, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs head coach, sets the bar at uh, head coaches getting paid a certain amount of money. And that's like $10 million, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I put it out there on my social media, and, uh, and a lot of the people said that Cassidy uh, could definitely get between the 3 and $5 million range. And um, a length of three to five years. Um, and uh, many thanks to those who participated on the uh, social media thing and, you know, created a topic for us. But, uh, Heather, let's start with you. Um, thoughts on Bruce Cassidy, money he could be making, and term you'd like to see. Oh, sure. Start with me because I want to start the controversy because you know I'd, I'm not a hard... I'm a left to right guy. I'm a... Okay, <laughs> so let's put it in context. I am not I love Bruce Cassidy guy because I'm also a show me what you can do guy and obviously he's still young, say, in his coaching career. For me, he has done good things. You know, like now it's his team. It's no longer he inherited from Claude, which, like I said, really in that first year, I don't care what anyone said, the numbers held steady. The team was pretty much what it was, you know what I mean? And there was no drastic thing. As I've talked with Mark Cody, you may not know this, but I also feel like I don't feel like Cassidy and Claude Julian styles are so different. It's just it's kind of the same style but in a different metric, like in how they measure it. They might They have their own thing, but just I think great hockey minds are great hockey minds, yep. right? So... Although I'm not a lover of Bruce Cassidy, I would not give him five years. I do think that Don Sweeney sees something in him, and I put all my trust in Don Sweeney, so let's finish the process. It would not bother me for a three-year extension. I don't think he's Mike Babcock, and I know people can argue what is Mike Bob, you know, Babcock. You know, there's a lot of big-name well, you know, coaches you know, I make, out there. I make the money because I make the money. <laughs> right. Like, there's a lot of big-name coaches that you're like, well, but in the end, what have you done? But still, they're the greatest of their generation, and they're going to go down in the Hockey Hall of Fame or whatever, one way or the other, probably as building great teams, even if they didn't win the Cup or whatever. That being said, I think Cassidy has earned an extension of some sort. Again, I'm more of a three to five. I'm not totally convinced. Uh, I don't think certainly his experience, uh, I think during the playoffs, again, we didn't get to talk to Hody, but with me and Mark, and I kept saying, it's interesting because he's really a rookie at this. Like, he's never right. really, even though when he was in Washington, ironically, he had kind of success, but then it all went really bad. Uh, I think that he's a young coach, and he has to prove. But I do think he's earned three to five mil, you know, I mean, reasonably within a three-year contract. I wouldn't give him a five-year contract because I also feel like with coaches, you don't know what's going to happen with – CBA, shit like that, excuse my language, but, you know, you don't know how the league's going to change, so a coach really becomes kind of indifferent to them, just kind of surviving right. in the world that's created for them. But I would not be against entertaining a two- to three-year extension, and then we'll see from there what happens after the, you know, whatever, Seattle's coming in, maybe right. shutdowns, whatever's going on. Hey, I just want to take a quick minute and thank Heather Ingerson and Cody Trotty for joining me today and welcome them to the Black and Gold family. Uh, as we wrap up this Black and Gold Hockey podcast, I wanted to first and foremost thank our listeners, whether you're a first-time or continued supporter. 
Your time listening to our Bruins banter every week is very much appreciated and hope you can find a moment to give us a five-star rating and write a review about the show on the podcast platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show financially, we ask that you sign up and donate just $1 per episode at patreon.com slash Podcast and get involved in our exclusive Patreon member giveaways. Starting with our first show in September, we'll be giving away Bruins-related Fanatics gear, along with jerseys and t-shirts, as a way to say thanks for helping us cut our operating costs. Another great way to support the show and affiliated website financially is go to blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on the official Fanatics banner to the right before shopping online. That Fanatics banner, by the way, is connected not only to the NHL for sports apparel, shopping, but also the NBA, Major League Baseball, football, the NCAA, and NASCAR. I also want to take a quick moment before we leave you for another week is to give a shout out to my friend Nick Godin and John Williams from the Williams Broadcasting Group uh, and Bruins Diehards podcast on the recent success. Um, those guys are really rising rising fast and and doing great things i also want to give a shout out to chris mancuso and he is the co-host for the big bad bruins podcast and he is moving on to cover the niagara ice dogs in the uh, ontario hockey league so uh shout out to him as well and 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 best of luck and new endeavors chris um really love the show that you do with ian glendon and um good bruins talk so Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.